0: Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. You know, how many of you have been to a sunrise service before? Oh, I never have, at least that I can remember. Uh, That was pretty neat. Uh, Just to think about that morning. At least for the two Marys, going from the, the depth of disappointment and discouragement to the, the heights of, of hope. <laughs> this isn't the end, <laughs> it's, it's not over. Um, instead, the real beginning. So, for the last couple weeks we've been looking at the meaning of the cross to us, and I just feel like I need to reiterate a a little bit of that, Um, especially the idea of us being crucified with Christ, because the the real message of, of the resurrection is that since Jesus is alive, uh, there is a new life for us to enter into. Uh, that that our, our old life, our, our old person is done away with. Uh, But yet it it takes conscious choice, conscious pursuit to see that happen, to to see the old man stay in the grave and, and to see the new person, Christ in you, the hope of glory, arise every day. There's there's a, a putting off of of the old and a putting on of the new daily. That that has to become reality for for that the power of that indestructible life to continue to come forth and be the the good leaven uh, in in the earth. So let's let's go back to uh, Romans chapter six that we looked at last week uh, father we're we're just so thankful that you called our names uh, that you adopted us into your family and and then You gave us your very life by the Holy Spirit. And Jesus, we thank you. You you said it was better for us that that you go (laughs) so that the Holy Spirit would come. And we believe. In faith, we enter into that. So Jesus we we bless you we worship you we yeah. honor you as we celebrate your resurrection. Uh, may our may our lives be for your glory. Amen. So Romans 6 <clears throat> starting in Verse one, shall we turn the lights on <laughs> I've got plenty of light right here. What shall we say then? are Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound by no means. and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, verse verse 5. That's what I want to kind of focus on eventually today. It's going to take me a little bit to get there. Is our hope of participating in a resurrection like Jesus. Resurrection. As we know that Jesus raised people from the dead when he was on the earth. so He wasn't even the first to be re- resurrected. But his resurrection was different in that, like Lazarus, when he was raised from the dead, he entered back into his old body. And others who were resurrected uh, entered into their old bodies once again and you know even uh, we hear of people having near death experiences how they were outside their body and they're watching everything that was going on and then suddenly they're back in their old body Well, Jesus' resurrection was different because when he was resurrected he got a brand new body a glorified body an eternal body And anyone else who was resurrected and even has been resurrected in in our day, going back into their old bodies, they die again. (laughs) That, That body stops functioning at some point. But we look forward to a resurrection like Jesus, where we will get an eternal resurrected body. And that... That is our, our blessed hope. But there's, there's still work for us to do here while we look for our, our blessed hope. You know, there, <clears throat> we're, we're not to be here just waiting passively for Jesus' return. So we know that that is when we will receive our our glorified bodies, and and we're going to get to some of that later. But there there really are some important things left for us to do. And I shared with you Romans 5.17 last week, For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. And and so that, that is God's intent for us. Now, since... We've we've become partakers in Jesus' death, in having our old man crucified with him, buried in baptism, rising again to live in newness of life, to actually bring forth the life of Christ in us and therefore on the earth. God's intent is that we reign in this life. Because there... There is the power of that indestructible life within us that that is more powerful than any other force that we could encounter on the earth and uh, <clears throat> we We have to enter into that in faith <laughs> uh. You, you wouldn't know that uh, given the condition of, of our country and, and the, the number of believers uh, that we have in this country, uh, you know the, the power of the indestructible life of Christ should should be just flowing everywhere. But I think we have too many old men who've climbed up out of the grave, and and are walking around uh e- even though they're dead uh they they have come back to life <laughs> in in us in in believers and as a result we when we're operating in in the old man we we know that what's within us is is not or what's operating in us the old man, is, is not more powerful than anything we encounter. And, and we shrink back. And, and so I think that's mostly what we see happening. Uh, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm reminded, uh, you know, we're, we're called to be a nation of priests. And a, a huge part of our calling is, is to be people of prayer. Taking people to the Lord, and taking the Lord to the people, and the word of the Lord to the people. that's the main function of of priests and so <clears throat> as as I was studying i I was reminded of the seven mountains um, we we are intended to be apostolic agents of transformation within our culture, uh, influencing the culture toward God and and his ways. And remember, um, I I really want us to to have in our walking around knowledge um, that definition of what it means to be apostolic, uh, based on the, the Roman use of, of that word. And, and we know it was the Roman world that Jesus was born into and, and crucified under so, so that he could go through that kind of horrible death because that was a part of their culture, the Roman culture. And <clears throat> they, they sent their culture all over the world. And when they would send a group of people into a, a foreign land, the intent was that they would establish the Roman culture there. And, and all the people that were sent to do that, the army, the regular working people, um, teachers, and uh, you know all kinds of different people... They, they were sent, and they were called apostles. Because they were sent to take a culture, a way of living, a way of thinking, a way of doing things, into a foreign country and, and establish, within that foreign culture, establish the Roman culture. And, and that's why Paul chose to use that terminology... Or why Jesus used that terminology when he called the 12 apostles. Because he was going to send them out to establish a, a kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God culture in the earth. And, and we know that's what Paul did. I mean, he went all over the place and he established kingdom of God culture centers called churches <laughs> all over the known world and and that is our calling is is to do that to be immersed personally and not just personally but to be immersed within a community of believers in in that kingdom of heaven culture so that we just take it out into everywhere that we go. And it was, it was back in the 70s that Bill Bright and Lauren Cunningham, Bill Bright was uh, the founder and the leader of Campus Crusade for Christ, a huge worldwide evangelistic organization, and Lauren Cunningham, who was the leader of Youth with a Mission, uh, another huge worldwide mission organization, the two got together for lunch, and, and the Lord had spoken to each of them individually before this lunch, and uh, the Lord had spoken to them about the seven mountains of culture that, that determine where a culture goes. And let, let me just read this. In, in 1975, Bill Bright and Lauren Cunningham had lunch together in Colorado. And God simultaneously gave each of these change agents a message to give to the other. And that message was that if we're to impact any nation for Jesus Christ, then we will have to affect the seven spheres or mountains of society that are the pillars of society. And, and those seven are, <clears throat> I've got them... On a slide, I think. Uh, Family, and and we all have influence within a family. Politics and government, some are called to spend their working days and hours in in that sphere. Media, and we need uh, Christian influence in media, we need it in arts and entertainment, in education. In business and, and religion, uh, and different people are are called primarily into different spheres and into different mountains. And I, I think the the intent of the Lord with the power of the indestructible life of Christ that is within us that that is a dominant power and force. Is, is that the people of God would rise to positions of influence with, within those spheres, within those mountains, and, and they would influence culture through their influence within those spheres. And uh, you know, that, that is our calling. And, and that's what we're to be primarily um, focused on as we wait for the return of Jesus, uh, we're, we're not to just wait passively for the resurrection of our bodies, <laughs> but there's there's actually something important that the Lord wants us to do. And <clears throat> it, It's really interesting because uh, Francis Schaeffer received this revelation from the lord right about the same time as bill bright and lauren cunningham and and they were all they were each in very different streams of of the body of christ but but this was a a word a message that that the lord wanted his body to to have a revelation he wanted us to walk in and so you know, we we each have our our own spheres of influence, and we we need to uh, <clears throat> be preoccupied with what the Lord is doing within our sphere, uh, rather than just being preoccupied with <laughs> you know what. Our old man might want in in the sphere that that we're in, because I, I I think that that is what reduces our our influence for for the kingdom, when when it becomes uh, our pursuit becomes more of a selfish one and less focused on influencing for the kingdom. So anyway, I I felt like that was part of. The message of the life of Christ coming forth in us, uh, wanting to envision us with with purpose, wherever we find ourselves. You know, whether whether that's in the the government area or whether it's in business, healthcare, whether it's uh, wherever uh there's there's ways <laughs> for the power of god to be released <laughs> and ways for for that mountain to be influenced toward the ways of god and the truth of god and and so uh you know i i feel like uh i'll I'll, I'll share this so you can hold me accountable I feel like the Lord wants me to visit all the businesses that are you know, right over here and, and just uh, pray for them, uh, for God to bless their business, but, but also communicate uh, what it is that brings God's blessing. That, that when a business operates according to God's ways, uh, it, it naturally releases the blessing of God. 'Cause uh God is always waiting to bless. <laughs> and when when we join Him in His ways, uh it, it just releases it. So I I I'm, I'm gonna be doing that. And you know we part of our, our calling is to influence those spheres that we have through prayer. And, you know, sometimes that's the most effective way that we can influence whatever mountain we're in, whatever sphere uh, needs our influence. We, we just ask the Lord to do it. <laughs> and, and that works even more effectively if, if we can gather with one or two or three or more other believers who are in our sphere and and actually pray together. Uh, something that uh, is coming to be called a micro-church. As Jesus talked about, wherever two or three are gathered, there I am in, in the midst of you. Uh, I think we can... Apply that in this context. so if if we can find a couple other people who are in our mountain, <laughs> uh, even one or two people who are specifically in, in you know, the same part of the mountain that, that you're in, <laughs> uh, you can multiply the impact and influence that that you'll have by, by partnering together in prayer and joining God in what he's doing. So, and we we need that to happen. So, moving on to the main point of the message, our, our blessed hope, that we will participate in Christ's resurrection. So now we know that there's something for us to do until then, Now we can look forward to that resurrection. So let's look at Romans chapter 8 and start in verse 19. The creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope, that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly, as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. So creation... Is waiting for us to be completely revealed, and and we are waiting. <laughs> uh, you know, there's there's a message of this that applies to the millennium, I believe, because when we receive our resurrected, glorified bodies, uh, then we we will be in fullness, but how much fullness of Christ can we enter into now? That's, that's a question that can only be answered by our pursuit of it. And the more fullness of Christ that, that we enter into, the more liberation is is possible for the creation so how much does all of creation have to wait for the millennium well that's a question yet to be answered <laughs> by by our pursuit of fullness That, that's, a, that's a challenge for, for all of us. Because I, I don't think the answer is, is found in, in the Word. Uh, how, how many Enoch's have, have there been since Enoch? I mean, he, he found something. He something. He pursued something. Such, such that one day he, he was no longer here, he, he was with God. Um, so <laughs> we, we shouldn't think of the realm of our experience as the actual limits that exist. Okay. <laughs> Thank the Lord for coffee. <laughs> one one semester, uh, when I was teaching full time at Black Hill State, I, I taught an economics class at seven thirty in the morning. <clears throat> and and there was this one guy uh he was a non-traditional student he was probably in his 30s at the time and i mean he he was there every every time but he would fall asleep every <laughs> every class and and he would fight it uh you know i, I could see him trying to fight it and and he would drink coffee, but some days it was all I could do not to just crack up laughing at him, because he'd be trying to hold his eyes open and his his eyes would cross. <laughs> You've probably seen that, you know. But I got to watch it like every two days. <laughs> I'm not sure. But part of the problem for him was he had to drive over to Spearfish from Deadwood, so he he had to get up really early. He had like a almost an hour drive <laughs> before he got to class. So <clears throat> anyway, I'm not sure why I brought that in. I'm I'm not seeing that out here. I <laughs> you guys are doing really well. Thank the Lord for for coffee. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. so anyway what I <clears throat> what I think I want to finish with probably is uh, looking a little bit at the return of Jesus because uh, his his return is uh, it's it, it's coming Uh is it going to be immediate? Well, I I think there there are still some things that have to happen before Jesus is going to return. And in our uh, small group this week, uh, we looked at uh, a couple passages in First and Second Thessalonians, and uh, I'm going to take us through a a couple of those passages. But before that, I want to share one thing from uh, Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated. At the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And I I think if we if we had to live according to just four verses, that those would be pretty good for to choose. Um, because he, he says, set your hearts on things above. And we're, we're called elsewhere to guard our hearts because from our heart flow the issues of life. And, and people know what, what's in our heart from what comes out of our mouth. Um, so we not only are told to set our minds on things above, but to set our hearts on things above. And, and there's, there's a real good reason for that that, that we're going to get to in Thessalonians. Because before Jesus returns, uh, there, there are difficult times coming. Uh, there's there 's a great shaking. everything that can shake is is going to be shaken and if If our hearts are set on things above and our minds are set on things above, when the things that we can see start shaking we we won 't be shaken because the things that occupy our hearts and our minds won 't be shaking. <laughs> Uh, just the things that we see. So I think that's a very important admonition. And there's a reason that Paul, in in those four verses, tie guarding our hearts and our minds and setting them on things above with the return of Jesus. And I, I think it is so that we will be ready when he returns, <clears throat> and we know Jesus is the first fruits of those who were raised from the dead. Uh, you know, we've studied in the past the the spring feasts of Israel, and quite a few years we we celebrated Passover. It was probably a good year to <laughs> to not do that this year. Uh, <clears throat> But remember, Jesus fulfilled the feast of Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the Feast of First Fruits. And Jesus was the first fruits of, of the resurrected ones. And the Holy Spirit is our deposit, our our guarantee that we are going to participate in the resurrection to come that will give us the, the new eternal body like Christ's. And that's uh, in 1 Corinthians 15. But we should be looking for his coming. We, we should be waiting and watching. But we should be engaged in, in seeing the influence of his kingdom expand on the earth. But in, in the meantime, Paul uh, wrote this letter to the, the first letter to the Thessalonians, reminding them of some things, and also the second letter, because they had some questions about the return of Jesus. And we know that it's when Jesus returns that we will receive our glorified bodies. So that is something to really look forward to. Particularly as, as some of us age and our bodies don't work quite as well as they used to, <laughs> and there's more pains and, and more limitations and things Uh we have something really to look forward to. <laughs> so let's get into 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We do not want you, to, uh, starting in verse 13, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, or those, those who have passed away. That you may not grieve as others do, So Paul wanted to clear up a a misunderstanding that, yes, those who have passed away on the earth are are going to participate in the resurrection at the return of Jesus. In fact, they will precede those of us who remain, who who are still living when when Jesus returns. Now... His writing goes on into chapter 5, and, and this is some important, uh, has some important information for us, revelation for us, about Jesus' return as well. Now, concerning the times and seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. So then, let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. So, the return of the Lord, the day of the Lord, will come like a thief in the night. And how does a thief come in the night? unexpectedly. <laughs> uh, suddenly. Because uh, if someone knew a thief was coming, <laughs> they'd be ready. <laughs> and the thief would not get into the house. But the thief comes at night to surprise. And and so that's how the return of Jesus is going to be for those who are unprepared, who who do not know him. But the important thing here that, that Paul says is since we are children of light, it's not going to come upon us like a thief in the night. Uh, and so, so we, we reconcile <laughs> what Paul just says here with what Jesus said to his disciples that no one knows except the Father and no one knows the day or the hour. Okay, so here's an interesting thought about knowing the day or the hour. Right now it is 7.57 on Sunday, March 27th. What day is it in Australia? I think it's the 28th right now. What, what time is it there? Well, <laughs> I'd have to call Mark Crawford and, and ask him <laughs> what time it is. But uh, the point is, uh, whenever Jesus comes, it's going to be at least two different dates. <laughs> and it, how many different hours... How many different time zones are there? Well, at least 24, since there's an international dateline. So, you know, is it even possible for anyone to know the day or the hour? They'd have to know multiple hours and multiple days, at least. But I think what Paul is saying here is that He's speaking concerning times and seasons. And one of those words is kairos, uh, which is an appointed time. So he's, he's speaking to them about appointed times and seasons. And we, we, we the people of God, are, are going to know that, man, it's close. It's close. Jesus' return is is imminent. Uh, and <clears throat> I, I won't get into Second Thessalonians, but but Paul talks about two really important things in Second Thessalonians that he says have to happen before Jesus is going to return. And and one of those is is the great apostasy or, or the great falling away and And the other of those is the revealing of the man of lawlessness well uh as as I have read revelation and and studied what the Bible says about the day of the lord it it sure looks to me like it's going to take a, a time of great upheaval for the man of lawlessness to be revealed uh for uh, a person to rise to power uh, over the earth, it, it's 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 going to take a, a tremendous time of of difficulty for for that one to be revealed, and the great apostasy. Uh, now, <clears throat> looking carefully at at the Greek there, it's. It's not really a, a falling away, even though the—that's how most uh, Bible translators have have translated it into English Bibles. It's it's more of a, a stepping aside from. So, the idea is the idea of that Greek word is a stepping aside from to avoid consequences. Uh, and that seems to imply a, a time of persecution coming upon the church. And, and, I mean, we know that's happening right now in so many different countries where uh, the number of martyrs has, has just been horrible the last couple of years. And when that happens, uh, and this, this was the case in, in the first century church, it, it, it's the case now that that there, there are people who associate themselves with Christians, with people who've been born again, in in the church, but yet they themselves really have not been born again. They They really have not committed to Christ. And, I mean, what we've seen throughout the centuries is when persecution of the church comes, those people... <laughs> they step aside and they say, <laughs> no, I'm not really with them. <laughs> and, and that is really the, the meaning of that Greek word, a stepping aside from to avoid consequences. Um, <clears throat> so it, it'll be a separation of, of those who are really the Lord's, those who have set their minds and their hearts on things above, versus those who, whose whole life is, is in the seen realm. Um, and the, those who's, whose whole life is, is in the seen realm, uh, yeah, they're going to step aside when, when the persecution comes. And uh, so there, there will be a separation uh, between what, probably the best way to say it is the true church Versus the visible church. And and that that will be a great separation. So anyway, those two things, Paul says, are going to happen before the return of the Lord when we will receive our glorified bodies. So that is our blessed hope, that, that we are going to participate in a resurrection like Christs we're we're going to receive new glorified bodies with new capabilities and capacities and presumably they will never wear out because they're going to last for eternity <laughs> and that that sounds really good doesn't it <laughs> but in the meantime there's there's things for us to do to Point our heart and our mind to the things above and and get those things filling our hearts and our minds and operating in whatever sphere of influence the Lord gives us for the kingdom of heaven, that leaven to work its way through the the whole lump of, of our culture. So... That should give us some vision, <laughs> long-term, some great things to look forward to, and, and some things for us to focus on now. So let's pray. Uh, Jesus, we, we look forward to your return. Mm. We look forward to being with you where you are. And I I pray you'd strengthen us in our inner being. That you'd bring forth your life within us more and more that we could influence The spheres that you've you've given us access to. And Lord, I, I pray that in in this time, this season, that you'd you'd give us a heart <clears throat> to bring people into your kingdom. Lord, we ask that, that you'd pour out the gift of evangelism upon us. Uh, We ask that you give us your heart for all people and enable us to love all people as you do. So Lord, fill us with your spirit. Help us to set our hearts and our minds on on things above. So we know that as we do that, you will minister your life to us. So Lord, thank you for this special day that we celebrate your resurrection. We serve a living King. And Lord, bless our time of fellowship and, and food together. And be glorified, Lord Jesus. Amen.